0: Well, hallelujah! Last week, uh, put that, put up that uh, thing, please, for tonight. Uh, I want you to, I want you to picture your heart. I know it's in the shape of a heart, but if I did it as a circle, it'd be kind of weird. So we, we did it as the shape of a heart. But, but really, that's what we were talking about last Wednesday. That's really what your heart looks like. It's got, you know, the, the outer, you know, see all the other parts in there. But then there's this little core part on the inside and And that little core that you see there, where that light is shining out of it 's like a, another dimension that is within your heart, which is your spirit man, so turn with me, please, as we're just we 're just going to sum up from last week and then move on, but first Peter chapter three, verse four,'m not going to go through the whole thing again because we did that last week, and you can listen if you weren 't here, I would encourage you to get the To get the uh recording but it says but let the hidden man but let it be the hidden man let's look at verse three who adorning who's adorning let it not be with that outward adorning of plating the hair and the wearing of gold or putting on a pair now that he's not saying that you can't do your hair nice no because some people some denominations take this so legalistically and even jenny growing up in the pentecostal church they wouldn't let them wear earrings they wouldn't let them wear pants Only dresses. They wouldn't let them, you don't do special things with their hair. That's a legalistic approach. That's not what he's talking about. He's not forbidding okay he's talking about let's look at verse one likewise ye wives i guess it's talking about anyway uh be in subjection oh i like this verse to your own husbands that if any obey not the word they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives okay let's that's a whole other issue about marriage we're not talking about that while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with reverential fear Who's adorning? Now, this is talking about women. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on apparel. Nothing wrong with that. But what he's saying is, if that's the only thing you're focused on, and in our society with selfies and everything else, that it really is the only thing people are focusing on. But it's, he's not saying you can't do that. He's just, not just take it in context. He's saying this attitude of only the outward putting on of apparel, but rather, he's not saying you can't, he's trying to make a comparison of value, yes. but, rather let it, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that, which, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, now even the ornament is all in italicized, so they added that, Let me just read it, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible a meek and quiet spirit Do you see that which is in the sight of God of great price? He's talking about the value of your spiritual life is more important than how you'd wear your hair Nothing wrong with putting your hair nice Nothing wrong with wearing nice jewelry. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not taking it to an extreme like some denominations do. It's not legalism. What he's saying is that's fine, but your spirit life is far more precious and far more valuable than your clothes or than your jewelry or than any any of that kind of stuff. But watch what he says. I'm just proving it to you because I ran out of time last week. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even a meek and quiet spirit. You see, he's even telling you that this hidden man is the spirit. He's saying the hidden man is incorruptible. The only thing that's incorruptible is the spiritual realm. It's not the natural realm. And it tells us this is a meek and quiet spirit. This, your spirit man is the hidden man of the heart, which God says is of great price now this just a pause because we're just gonna give you a great revelation now in a second but we're just gonna pause this because this is not part of our teaching but I'm just throwing you a bone for free a bone for free because I've been I've been talking to my wife a lot uh, quoting this verse to her every day for a week and it's not bearing fruit it's not taking hold Uh, it's not going in and so I'm hoping maybe saying it in public is gonna help that breakthrough we have a breakthrough we're in the season of breakthrough. Wow. And Guggen, you better pay attention. This might apply oh, to you too. And it says in verse six and this is New Testament scripture, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. <laughs> Whose daughters ye are? The daughters of Abraham. Yes, I am. <laughs> I've been telling her. Kim, I've been trying, sister. I didn't even focus on the obeying part. I just said, calling him Lord. And I said, honey, just, just say, my Lord. Just, just try it on for size, but she just refuses. Anyway, let's get right back to what we were saying. The hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So there's this, this heart, which is everything really your heart is the inner part of you. And that includes this, you know, all the other parts there. It's that's the shallow waters. That's the soul realm, or that's the member. Ye are the temples of the Holy ghost. That includes being the temple of the Holy Ghost means that he's comparing our physical bodies, our, our, our being, spirit, soul, and body to the temple because it was the temple of God and we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so this, this outer area in the heart, the shallow waters, that's the soul. The body is the outer courts. The, the, the inner courts or the holy place is the soul realm. And then, like I said on Sunday, I didn't say it last Wednesday, but I said it because I ran out of time. But this, this holy of holies, this inner place, this inner chamber, it was, a, it was a room within a room within the temple. And there's a room within a room. That's where your spirit is. That's the, the holy of holies is actually inside you. Yeah. That's why we don't need to look for the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, I mean, Professor Jones wasted so much time. Indiana Jones. He's just wasted his life looking for the Ark when he doesn't know if he just gets born again. It's inside him. Thank you for your enthusiasm. No, but, but people are so weird. They, you know, I, I know it's just, you know, but there are some people that, I know that's a movie, but there's some people that really are weird, and everything is about the chalice or about, you know, when we went to Israel, I mean, you see these people, that have come from all over the world, and they are, I mean, they're not joking. They are the most serious and and sincere, and they are just, they're trying to get us close, you know, in the temple you can go you can go on the wall and, and there's a certain place and there's signs which because remember the, the, the Muslims own the Temple Mount and you can't get there and, but, but really that is the, the seat of, of, of where the Holy of Holies was physically is the Temple Mount that's that gold dome that the Muslims own and, uh, and, but, but these pilgrims that come from all these different countries and, and many of them are Catholics or Eastern Orthodox but they're very religious people and they want so badly to be as close to the Holy of Holies as they can and Jenny and I would see them because in some of these tunnels, if you go in the wall, you know, there's a certain spot where that is the closest to the actual Holy of Holies that you can physically get without going to the Dome of the Rock. And there's all these people lined up and many of them are nuns and and other people and they're kneeling and they're crying and they're kissing the wall and they're weeping. And they're, I mean, it's, it's so, it's touching when you see it because they are so like moved like everything in their soul is moved and they are crying and they're tossed. We love you, God. We love you, God. We want to be close to you. And that's, but you see, that's their They're trying to get to the physical Holy of Holies or wherever that used to be. Or they're at sepulcher or this. And, and there's old lines everywhere with these, with these pilgrims that are so intense and they've missed the whole train. It's got nothing to do with that. It's inside me because I'm born of the Spirit. That's the whole point. It's okay to see it and say, well, that's neat, but I'm not going to break down, kiss the wall, and let my tears run down on the floor because I'm as close as I can to the Holy of Holies. Holy of Holies is right here, buddy it's in my spirit man my my body is the temple of the holy ghost i have an outer court that's my flesh i have an inner holy place that's my soul mind will emotions that's the black part there of the heart that's the shallow waters that's the living room but then i have an inner chamber a room within a room a secret place a secret place within the outer within that holy place is a holy of holies it's a secret room it's an inner chamber And that's, there's something in my heart that is another dimension. It's, it's not, it's, I can't, I can't, I can't express it. I'm trying with pictures to help you kind of try to catch it. But is it's something within your heart? There's another place. Why? Because he says here, the hidden man of the heart. Now that word hidden, let me just read it to you exactly from the Greek language. It means the concealed place. The private place, the hidden place, the inward place, the secret place, the place that is covered. In other words, what he's saying is this inner man, this spirit, we know it's a meek and quiet spirit, this incorruptible spirit, which is called in other other epistles, the hidden man, I'm sorry, the inner man or the inward man. But he calls it here the hidden man. So you can call it the inner man, the inward man, the hidden man. It's all your spirit. But what he's saying is this man, he doesn't just call him inner. He says he's the hidden man, but he's hidden in a secret place within the heart. Yeah. In a concealed covered area that is not obvious. Do you understand? So your your heart contains your soul and your spirit. That is your, the, the soul realm is your your holy place it's the it's the shallower waters it's your mind your will your emotions it can be evil if you don't renew your mind you don't guard your heart that that part of your heart it can become wrong remember i read all those verses how you can have evil things coming out of your heart but but you see if you if you renew your that part of your heart which is your soul the shallower waters it can be right you can seek God and all that kind of stuff. That part of your heart can sway left or right because that's your soul realm. But then there's a hidden, secret, concealed place within the heart. It's still the heart, but it's some—it's a chamber within the heart. That's why faith can come out of the heart, but it's not out of the soul. It's out of the spirit because that secret chamber is your spirit. It's like that's the inside of you for lack of a better way of showing it that's the inside of you that's your heart the black part there uh, is is your soul in the shallow but there is a special secret place where the life and the light of god is is literally impregnated when you're born again and it comes out and you see how those rays are coming out of that center white dot that's your spirit that's the hidden chamber that's within your heart but it's your spirit man And it now influences what comes out of that spirit man influences the rest of your heart or or in other words, influences your soul. So when the revelation of the word comes out of the spirit in in the spirit part of your heart, it renews and transforms the soul part of your heart. If you're just going to live out of the soul part, you're going to be left and right and up and down having good and bad days all the time. But if you live out of the spirit part of your heart, so, I tried to explain this last week i hope i hope i hope i 'm not confusing you, uh, but that 's how the Lord showed it to me Amen. and uh I wanted to get into it, but we ran out of time. There's a whole study. It would take more than an entire service to really teach it. But I'm just going to, for, just for sake of argument, just to give you a little bit of an, ap, an, ap, an appetizer, uh, because I don't want to get into That's not really our focus right now. But, you know, the outer court said certain things. That's your body. But then that inner, that inner court, what they called the inner court or the holy place, had three main, three main things. And they were the, the candlestick, which had to be lit all the time. There was the show bread that was there, and then there was incense or worship. Now, this, this inner place, which is representing your soul, it's your heart, but it's the shallow part of your heart. It's the part that can be, that if you don't guard it, it, it can go wrong. It, but if stuff comes out of your spirit to influence it, it can stay pure. There's those elements and they're symbolic for us because what we need, these areas, I mean there's things that represent the Holy of Holies is in your spirit, man, but but the, the holy place is your soul realm. And you know, notice the showbread is there which represents the word, because Jesus is the bread of life. It represents the word. If you don't have the I'm talking about your soul realm or the or the inner court, the holy place, not the holy of holies. Yeah. Just your soul realm, even in that tabernacle, even in that temple, there was symbolic value for us. Now, my wife is studying this in far more depth, and she's gonna do a Bible school course on it because there's a lot of beautiful symbols that are from the old to the new, and it's amazing. I'm not doing that. I'm just giving a little very, very short little synopsis, but just in very general, basic terms, that bread, that showbread that had to be fresh and put there all the time, that is the word because if you don't have the word going into your mind and washing your mind all the time, that's part of guarding your heart then your then that part of your heart your soul is going to get off and then there was then there was the the incense which is worship if you're not worshiping God and letting your soul this is still your soul now you worship out of your spirit but your but worship affects your soul it gets your mind on God it gets your thoughts on God that incense represents worship but notice that was of the soul realm so worship is from your spirit but it affects your soul and then there's the there's the menorah there's the 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 fire all the time and that really uh it can represent a number of things but primarily it represents there's a fervency it also represents the power of the holy ghost in terms of tongues and prayer because because without that now tongues comes out of your spirit it bypasses your mind but but so so from that perspective tongues is more of a, of the spirit than it is of the soul realm but when you're praying in tongues it, it, and, and, and you're building yourself up, it, it'll help keep your mind where it needs to be because you'll be living out of your spirit more. But primarily that fire is referring to that fervency, that presence of the Holy Ghost, and that, you know, you gotta, you got to stir yourself up. When it says stir yourself up, he's not mainly you, you stir yourself up with your spirit, but it's your soul that needs to be brought into line fervency comes out of the spirit but it affects your soul realm it affects the way you think it affects the the decisions you make and there's a fire there's the fire of god the fervency the power of the holy ghost is supposed to be burning in your soul the, 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 the fire, I don't know what else to call it, that, that, that illumination, but that fervency in your soul is supposed to be there all the time. A lot of Christians, they'll, they'll be, have the word, but there's no, there's no fire, there's no, there's no excitement, there's no joy, there's no fervency. That affects your soul realm, and you're supposed to keep that in your soul realm, stirred up. So there's worship, there's the word, there's fervency. That's all part of the inner court or your soul realm. But then in the holy of holies, which is the room within the room, which is the spirit of a man, there's certain things that are there that are not listed in the holy place, because they're, they're, they're different symbols, and they're very, and again, there's a lot, lot you can teach on this, but, but just as a simple overview, there was, a, and I shared some of it on, on Sunday, but there's a foundation stone, the ark was not permitted to lie on the floor, so it was on a special kind of a rock thing, what they called the foundation stone, which represents Jesus, who is our foundation, the chief cornerstone, that represents Jesus, now the ark represents not God, but you. Did you know that? The ark represents you. Indiana Jones is looking for you. He just doesn't know it. Why is the ark representing us? Because we are containers of the glory of God. Our our spirit, that inner chamber, our holy of holies is a container of God's presence. We are the arks. If you want to look at it symbolically. And notice the ark, which is very particular, was not made of gold. The ark was made of wood covered in gold. Because the Bible says, oh, this precious treasure in earthen vessels. You see, this precious treasure of the the presence and the glory of God is in earthen vessels. It's the wood. Earthen. But precious, covered in gold. See when I got born again the earthiness of me became precious because of the blood of Jesus and that ark represents the holding tank of the power and the presence and the glory of God and that ark is in that ark is your spirit man it's where it's where that where that dwells and then within that ark, of course, there's much to do with the word. But notice the showbread was outside. That was also the word. That's more the soul. But now we've got the shards of the first uh, tablets and the second, tab- the, 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 the second time Moses went up, the intact tablets, which represents the law. But then it also has the, the Torah that Moses wrote, the, the Torah, more than, more than just the law. The, the, he wrote more. And that is in there, too. That all represents the scripture or the word of God. But why is the word mentioned in the holy of holies, but also the Showbread in the outer, in, in, the, in the holy place or the soul realm? Because the, the, the word that represents that is in the ark, the, those tablets, that Torah, the word of God. See, when you open that ark, that's why you weren't allowed to go in there. You weren't allowed to open it. You weren't allowed to look at it. If you did, you died. Only the one per year, the high priest was able to do that. Because why? The presence of God, the manifested fullness of God's presence and glory lived in that box. So it's not just the word. Listen to this. It's not just the word. We got the word in the the outer place. It's the word that is impregnated with the presence. Now, in other words, it's the living word. What is a living word to you? It's revelation. So notice where the revelation of the word is in your spirit. The word has to be meditated on in the holy place, in the showbread. But when it's meditated on, it becomes the living revealed word mixed with the presence of God in the holy of holies in the ark. So that word, see, that's where revelation comes from, your spirit. God had it all those centuries as this type and shadow about you. Wow. All of that was pointing to the church. Yes. They had the, the type, the shadow. We have the, we have the, the, the manifestation of that. Yeah. Wow. The fullness of that. The Lord. We have the substance of that shadow, the reality of that type. In that ark, we are the ark. Yes. Jesus is our foundation. It is a precious treasure in earthen vessels we have the word mixed with the presence the living revealed word coming out of our spirits Amen. praise god and then there's aaron's rod in that ark that budded which was the life the power the resurrection life of god making a stick that is disconnected from the ground supernaturally bare fruit bud have you ever seen a stick that, a, a branch that is not connected actually start to bud no, but it was a separate, it was a, it was a staff. Yes. But it would actually bud, it would bring forth life because the resurrection power of God was in that wood, even though it wasn't connected to the earth. Yes. Now, when it's connected to the earth, the life of the planet is in there. Just natural biological life causes it to bud. What God was saying is, this is not connected to the life of the earth, this is connected to my life, my power. Yes. That's why Aaron would hold that rod and it would bud. To show people this is the life and power of God in a stick. Now that is in the ark. Why did God put that in the ark? Because what he's saying is in your spirit is resurrection life and resurrection power. My God. I've got the revelation of the word. I've got the Lord Jesus Christ. My foundation. I'm a carrier of that presence. I've got resurrection life and power inside me. And the last item was a golden pot of manna. Representing Jesus, our bread of life, but also representing a reminder that there is a divine supply. He supplied their needs in the wilderness and out of my spirit comes a revelation of a divine supply. Jesus is our supply and he will meet our needs. That beautiful pot of manna. All of that God saw so important that he said it has to be in the ark, not in the holy place. It has to be in the ark because in your spirit is resurrection life. In your spirit is revelation of the word. In your spirit is a divine supply for physical needs. Amen. Out of my spirit comes a divine supply that will manifest physically. Yes. For my money, for my whatever I need, health, whatever, favor. That manna represents everything that we need in this earth. And it comes out of our spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All of that that little white dot there is the ark of the covenant it is the holy of holies it is the container within the hole it is the secret chamber within the outer room it is the deep waters not the shallow waters that is where your spirit is hallelujah Hallelujah. i hope it helps you i hope it encourages you Because if you think of yourself like that, you'll you'll, you'll endeavor. Lord, I want to live out of that secret hidden chamber. I want the hidden man of the heart to be the real. This is the real me. I want to focus on that. Yeah, I got other stuff, shallow waters, but deep calls unto deep. Father, you're speaking to my spirit. The voice of God, the deep calls unto the deep waters of my spirit, which is the hidden chamber within my heart. Praise God. Praise God. I hope that helps you a little bit. I couldn't get to all of that last week, but I wanted to finish it up a little bit. Praise the Lord. There's so much in that tabernacle that just bless your, give you like Randy Greer says, a permanent wave. Maybe Jenny will teach that next year. Or maybe I'll steal her notes and I'll teach it. Now, I want to talk something really encouraging that really blesses me, blesses me, blesses me. This is what I'm about to share with you. I often think of this is actually something that I that I think of on a regular basis. You know, there's so much said there's so much shared. How much can you remember really to think of on a regular basis? That's why you've got to prioritize. That's why when 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 Brother Randy comes and he says those things and I say the same thing just in different words. You've got to prioritize and remember the most important thing every day no matter how you feel, is you got to be in the word, even if it's one verse, and you got to exercise your faith, you got to release your faith, you got to release your faith in something, it's so important, you got to, you got to worship, and that's your, that's your ready position is worship, and you got to pray in the Holy Ghost, much praying in the Holy Ghost, praying out of your spirit, getting your spirit man active, because that's going to produce a leading, walking in the spirit, Remember those two things he said, and you got to use your authority. You got to understand who you are in Christ. You got to use your dominion and you got to do that on a regular basis. And I'll mix that with the other things. What did Jerry say? Use your faith. The same as him. Then he said, uh, focus on meditate on the promises of God, which is again, another reference to the word. But then he said, now his list is different to Randy's. Randy's is more of a general list, you know, but, but his is more of a specific thing. He said, don't be distracted. The third thing was don't be distracted. And I'm telling you, this world will distract you. The more you watch all these things, it will distract you. You know, there's a kind of distraction that comes when you watch the news and you realize how awful things are. That's a totally different distraction than if you watch the shopping channel. But that will distract you too. I'm sure them them demon possessed ladies. Because I don't know, they put a spell on you and then you know before you know what you're calling to buy the bucket with the Santa Claus on it. And the thing is hideous when it comes to your house and you said they bewitched me. But there's another kind of a distraction, which is social media. Social media maybe got nothing to do with the world, but but everybody wants to know what everybody's doing, including your bathroom habits and uh, does the tie fit? And, you know, you're just showing everybody at every moment what you do. Nobody cares what you're doing. Nobody wants to know what you're doing. Honestly, I've been shocked at people that you really think you're that interesting. Because some people do. We're at the restaurant there in in Barbados. And and, and the lady at the... She she don't even have a date. She by herself. She by herself. She got no man. But she's sitting there and she's got her phone. And she's live... She's doing video of her eating. And every now and then she'll talk. And then she'll come up and go, click, 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 click. And then... And then just, just, you know, just pose while she's eating. And I'm thinking, what are you? What is going on in this world? You don't even got a date. Maybe you should get a date. Maybe that would make your life more full. But I I promise you there's some loser out there that's watching that feed at her eating dinner. Do we have nothing better to do than watch somebody eat? Jenny, it has gone it's nuts. Don't look at me with that tone of voice, Jennifer, because it's, 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 it's craziness. What is happening is nuts. That's true. That's so true. You try to explain this to the, let's say Dad Hagen came back from the dead or Smith Wigglesworth. And we try to explain to people what they're doing. You know what some rule would say? Huh, full of devils. That's all he'd say about everybody. Huh, full of devils. Devils everywhere. Devils here. Devils in TikTok. Devils in this. Devils in that. And he's probably right. I'm not against any of it, but I'm simply saying uh, without putting boundaries, social media will distract you. And that's a very different distraction from what's happening in the news, the badness, the sickness, the roars, the plagues and rumors of wars. That, that can produce a distraction. But then this other thing in social media can produce a distraction. And then extracurricular can produce a distraction. I'm telling you. Sports events? Sports events? I'm telling you. So I was looking at something that when he wanted me to pick a shirt and it's called fan wear. I've never heard of fan wear before. I didn't know what it was. I pick a shirt and, and just tell us what's your favorite team. We're going to get you a shirt with it. I was so embarrassed, Greg, because I'm like, i don't have a favorite team in fact i don't even know what the teams are so there's major league baseball there's there's football on the college scene which apparently is as big as football in the nfl and then there's football in the nfl and there's all these different teams just pick whichever you'd like and i'm like and i don't know there's a little logos i don't know any of them and then i saw a dolphin and i thought well i like dolphins i think dolphins are cute The dolphins are cute and it was green and I said, what's the dolphin one? Oh, that's the Miami. I'll take that one. But it's not because I even know anything about Miami Dolphins. I just like the look of a dolphin. I just think he's cute. I'm sorry. I'm too busy. I'm just too busy. Listen, I think sports are great. If you like them, enjoy them. But that can be, it doesn't have to be, If if you keep it in boundary, it's fine, but it can be a distraction. Don't get, don't get distracted. You know, having a job or two or three or one job, but you're doing so many more hours than are required, that can be a distraction. And that actually is of the world. Jerry said, don't let the world, the things in the world distract you. That can be in a whole host of categories. So don't just think he means COVID. Because those things have distracted people. But there may be more things that come, whether it's on the global scene or the media scene or the in- extracurricular scene or the shopping scene or the sports scene. There's a lot of things that can distract you. And you've got to narrow your tunnel. You've got to gotta choose to focus. Your life has to become simpler and smaller if you're going to be spiritual. Are you listening to me? Your life has to become simpler and smaller if you're going to be spiritual. The most spiritual people I knew, I know and knew had natural interests. Dad Hagen loved football. And he would just want to sit and watch football and don't talk to me, nothing about God or the word. He just wanted to sit. And when people tried to talk about the word, he'd kick them out. He wouldn't like that. He, no, no, don't put them beside me anymore. I just want somebody that likes football. Because we natural. We have natural interests. And we're not always spiritual. So there is a normal balance in life. But the most spiritual people I've ever heard of or known, even though they have some natural interests, they have a very narrow focus. They don't feed on, very, on a whole lot of different material. They don't watch a whole lot of different things. They're not engaged in a lot of things that will cause a distraction. They're very narrow. Because you can't really live out of your spirit and have a renewed mind if, you, if, if, you're, if, there's a, if you're too wide on everything. And today, everything is trying to broaden you. You don't really need that, my brother and sister. You need to trust me you need to trust me it's not just because i'm old-fashioned or old school i'm telling you the broadness of of digital and this world is it is is it's not necessarily wrong but it is a threat to the spirituality of christians you've got to keep a narrow focus jesus said a single eye not a wide range life should be simple i'm serious your habits should be simple. If your habits are super complicated, you're probably not spiritual. Your habits need to be simple. When I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about a whole million things. I really mean it. You say, well, you're just too simple. Well, then all the spiritual people I know are too simple. But I, I wake up thinking about, okay, Lord, I don't care which order I do it in, but there's gonna be worship in my day. There's gonna be praying in the Holy Ghost in my day. There's gonna be that endeavoring to be led. There's going to be the word and meditating on it. I'm going to be releasing my faith in different things. And as I'm going to use my authority. Yeah, amen. There was a situation and uh, Lukey was late a little bit and I had to drop him, take him in because they lock the doors if you don't get there on time. We had something, he, he was a little bit late and I come in there and, and I'm saying goodbye to him where the reception is at the school and uh, there's there's a little girl, looked about his size, but there's a little girl over there on the phone. They pulled the phone on the counter and I just didn't think anything of it. And I'm just talking to him and making sure that, you know, his lunch and everything is ready before I give him a hug. But see, now I'm talking about being led by the spirit. Something in me like a magnet, I can't explain it. I was just like, I was pulled and I couldn't get, I couldn't, I kept, I, I kept looking at that little girl and I'm thinking, why am I doing that? What, what, what is going on here? But my spirit was drawn to her. Have, has that ever happened to you? Where your spirit literally pulls you towards someone? And I'm looking, and I didn't know what she was doing because she's talking on the phone. And then as I'm looking at her while Luke is unpacking and doing whatever he has to get, getting his coat off, I'm looking and, and I noticed that she's pulling, her, she pulled her little leg up and, uh, and she's covered her face with her arm and she is sobbing. She is weeping and trying to hide it. I mean, agony. And I thought, that's, that's probably why. I didn't know she was crying at first. And so I said, Luke, do you know who that little girl is? He goes, yeah, that's Lily. She's in my class. I said, and I've seen the class photo, so I know what Lily looks like. And, uh, and I said, uh, I said what, what's going on? Oh, Daddy, she does it every day. I said, what do you mean? Oh, she, 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 she just can't be away from her parents. She's so, she's just like, she's just, she, every day, she just... She just just she has to go and call them and she cries and cries and cries and cries and cries and and then they'll bring her back and then she'll cry in class and then she'll come out. and 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 see but I didn't know I didn't know all of that. And I'm telling you that anointing came on me boy that anointing came on me and I it took every bit of every bit of control to not walk over to her because I knew God wanted that little girl helped. And I wanted to go over and hug her and lay my hands upon her and deal with that. Yeah. But, you know, you got the wardens. Yes, and they're, they're nice born-again wardens, but they, they know I'm a pastor. <laughs> but there, there's a rumor about me in the school. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is. Uh, they all know me and they treat me real different and not all in a good way. Because uh, they're part of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, and they believe God heals when he wants. They don't have any clue about anything to do with authority. They certainly don't believe we have authority over sickness or demons or anything like that. And so when COVID came, I had some words with the principal. I did. But they were Holy Ghost-inspired words because of the fear-based environment. And so I think there was maybe something sent out (laughs) about me. Because it's like they watch me. It's like they're, they're, uncomfo- they're, 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 they're not too sure, like I'm a crazy man, like yeah. <laughs> the wild one has arrived. <laughs> so I want to go over so bad, my spirit is drawn to her. The compassion of God is on me. The anointing, I know when the anointing is on me. And, but the wardens are there. There's three of them. They're nice, but they'll jump across that table and tackle me if I do anything like that. And I thought, well, Lord, if I do that, I'm going to have a problem on my hands. And then I thought, well, maybe it's good. See, because part of me is, is mischievous and part of me isn't. But part of me thought, well, the Bible says I fight the good fight of faith. And so maybe this will be a good fight. Maybe I'll, I'll take all three of them wardens on. And I'll bring out that principle too. But I just felt, no, don't make a scene. <laughs> just don't make a scene. So I, so I just packed him up and he trotted off. And, and, I, and I'm looking at her, and I'm thinking, Lord, should I go? And I'm like, no, because the wardens will kill me. They already have had a, a memo about me. So I better, not, I better not get in trouble here. But I go, and I felt just like, oh, so bad. Like I just, that God wanted to help that little girl. And I didn't know that she's been doing that every single day. And like just heartbroken. And so anyway, I get to the car, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, son, even though you didn't lay hands on her, talk to me. Deal with that in the spirit deal with it in the spirit so you know the guy salting the sidewalk the maintenance man i don't want him to see me because there's a memo that's gone out i'm I'm sure of it i'm sure of it so i pull up where where he's not going to be beside me and uh and and i and i started that anointing came on me boy i'm telling you just like i was in the healing line and i started speaking to that evil tormenting spirit and i started speaking to that fear and that anointing was so strong and i dealt with that in the spirit and I said out of my mouth, now from this day forward, she'll be different. Amen. And so, Lukey today, I mean, they pick him up on a Wednesday because I'm home praying and studying. And then they, they, they come home uh, either to church or they come home after we've left. So, he knows he's not seeing me until, until later. And so, he called me as soon as he got to grandma's house. And, and I said, what's up? Because he doesn't normally call me. He said, daddy, guess what? I said, what? I thought he was going to say something about some toy or whatever. And he said, Lily didn't cry today. And I said, what? He goes, Daddy, that's the first time. She was happy a little, like a little, for like one second. She kind of teared up, but then she just, she was fine. She went the whole day, and she didn't cry once. She said, Daddy, your prayers worked. And I said, honey, I told you, when we deal with things in the spirit, they're dealt with in the natural as well. He said, I just want to tell you that. He hung up the phone. (laughs) It's important our children see the power of God work. It's important that they see that. And it's important that you're led. Because if you're just distracted, like, like Brother Joel said, somebody's got a thing in their arm. Can you find somebody else to make my sandwich? Like, hurry up. I mean, there, there can be that kind of attitude because we're rushing all the time. Annoyance, like, I'm sorry that you've got no eyeball, but can't you find somebody that can see? You know what i'm saying like there can be that there's that there's that kind of calloused cold little thing but but you see the holy ghost knows what's going on and and we got to just be aware just being led by the spirit part of that i'm trying to giving you little clues part of being led by the spirit is slowing down if you're always rushing you will not be led by the spirit as easily do you know why because when you're rushing your soul Your mind. You can't hear this when it's. But if you're just more calm and you're not always leaving late, why'd you get in that accident? Somebody says. Why didn't you hear the Holy Ghost say not to take that road? Probably because you left late. Well, what's that got to do with anything? When you're late and you're rushing and you're speeding and you're nervous and you're stressed and your mind is, I gotta get there, I gotta get there, you probably will miss the cues. I'm serious you gotta have peace you gotta have a still mind not a crazy beehive if you're gonna get the 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 things down in here praise God I was just kind of relaxing just waiting for him to get his coat and just I wasn't rushing and then my spirit was pulled God saw that precious little girl and the tormenting demon that has been attacking her since the first day of school every single day from September, early September. And he, God had enough. Wouldn't it be great if her parents went to a church that I could have teach them how they could deal with this. But not everybody teaches this message but you are a carrier of that glory and there's people that you will encounter It may never come to a church like ours, but you're their answer because God is in you and your authority can change their situation. So just be open. You don't know who God will use you to help. The leading of the spirit is part of evangelism, setting the captives free. I got 14 minutes, but I can get a lot done, believe me. Now, listen, this helps me a lot. Faith does not come from your thoughts. Faith does not come from your mind or your feelings. You don't feel faith. Now, you can get to a place where you feel things, but that's not the origin point. Faith does not come from the soul or the shallow part of the heart, it comes from your spirit. In the deep hidden place within your heart, your spirit man, the hidden man of the heart. Faith comes out of your spirit. That's why Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, believe with your heart and spay with your mouth. There's a believing that comes out of your heart, but it's not the soul part. It's the spirit part of your heart. Faith comes out of your spirit. Are you listening? Now, this has really helped me over the years. I'm telling you more this has so helped me. When you hear the word faith comes... You couldn't just be hearing it with your ears. Right now, you're hearing it with your ears. But when you, with your intellect. But when revelation comes, when something, when that, you know what I mean? When that, oh, I didn't see that. That's not, that didn't come by hearing it with this. You heard it with this, it went into your mind, but it went down into your spirit. It went into the upper part of that heart, but then it went down, the meditation of it went down into that core out of that core comes that revelation when that revelation comes forth it will communicate itself to your mind but it didn't start with your mind it came out of your spirit are you with me listen to me you can meditate on the word and it will get down into the core but you know that's not the only way that revelation comes the preaching of the word that's the wonderful thing about preaching the preaching or teaching of the word under the anointing are you listening to me Can Cause that word to enter your mind or the shallow part of your heart your soul realm But it can be like a driving force that goes immediately into your spirit Revelation comes and it comes right back up into your mind But that doesn't happen normally when you're by yourself This is why people don't understand how important it is to be under the taught ministered word under an anointing Because when i'm when i'm at home, it's like it's like that word is coming in. I'm reading it and it's very gentle. It gets into my mind and it starts to seep. It starts to filter. When we went to the Harrison's cave that you told me to go to in in Barbados and we go through a little train, 170 feet beneath the surface of the, and as you're going, you have to wear a little helmet thingy, uh, I guess because of people's hair or whatever. I don't know. But I don't know, because you know why? Because there is water droplets that are falling. I personally don't care about the water droplets, but I guess some people with all their perms, they don't want that, so they make you wear a helmet. so that the water falls on the helmet. But of course, it's also falling on your hands and your arms and your phone. And as you're going, there's a little, so the lady is very, she reminded me of Audrey in our church. I mean, it could be Audrey's twin sister, uh, the way that she talked. She's excellent, excellent tour guide at the front of the little train there. And, uh, and she's talking and she says, now that water that you're feeling dropping on you uh, because of the limestone and because of how deep we are, that's the rain that is coming down, going in the soil, but it has to go through the limestone and it takes one year from the time it touches the soil until it's falling out of those those stagal or whatever they call those thingies you know those 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 long pointy thingies i can't remember what she told me she'd be very upset because I can't remember what you called them. Anyway, something mites. Anyway, and, but when they, when they fall off that little thing and they, and they fall down to the bottom of the cave, or in this case, on my hand or on my helmet, that takes one year from the time they hit the soil to the time they drop. It takes that long to go through 160 feet of limestone. And I thought to myself, that's like when I meditate. You could meditate on a scripture and it take a year to get revelation. You could meditate on a scripture and it'd take a week to get revelation. But if you meditate, it is slowly seeping, 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 seeping through what? Your soul. Now it's heading down to the inner chamber. When it gets to the inner chamber, revelation comes. And now that's a lightning flash from your spirit back to your mind. It took a long time to get down. When revelation comes, it shoots back up. And then your mind goes, whoa, glory, I never saw that. But that came out of this. But meditation can take time. Yes. Now, here's the difference. When you're under an anointing with preaching and teaching, yeah. that same water of the word comes, but instead of that slow process, it's like a jackhammer going, ja, 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 ja. Yeah. the anointing forces that water down, and it can get in your spirit in one second. Yeah. Yeah. It could get in your spirit in one hour, but at the end of the sermon. There are times when something is said, and, and I didn't have any knowledge of that whatsoever, no revelation, but as soon as it was said, bang, I get revelation. It, the anointing put that water down from my soul realm into my spirit, revelation back up to my mind for me to acknowledge the revelation all in about a matter of seconds. Yeah. But that does not happen most of the time when you meditate, because there's no anointing from an office when you're meditating. It's just you and it's going to take longer. It doesn't that take a year. Could take a week. Could take a day. Could take half an hour. I'm not putting a time limit. I'm simply explaining to you, you meditating on the word will get revelation from your spirit, but it takes time. So don't be discouraged if you're meditating on the same verse for months or weeks or hours. But when it's under an anointing, not everything, but there are certain things under that anointing from an office that is like a, a, like a bang. It just shoots down. That anointing drives it into your spirit. And a revelation, and it shoots back up to your mind so you can acknowledge the revelation just happened. That's what people don't understand. It's not just about meditating at home. It's about being under the taught, inspired word of God under an office with an anointing because that will cause faster revelation to come to you. Hallelujah. That's why we do it. That's why you're here. It's so important because God wants to get revelation to you faster than just what your meditation will allow. But don't ever just take the revelation that comes from a service. You've got to be meditating on your own. You can't just rely on the service. You got to do it on your own. You need both, right? Hallelujah. So faith comes out of your spirit. When you heard the word, it goes down. I already talked about all that. Now, This has helped me so many times, so much. Dad Hagen taught me this. It's helped me so much as I close. Faith, as you know, comes out of your spirit. It's of the inward man. You don't believe God with your body or your feelings. You believe God with your spirit. Now, this is what Dad Hagen would say. He would say, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how much I don't know with my mind. It doesn't matter how many physical symptoms I'm experiencing. It doesn't matter how tormented I am. It doesn't matter how much pain I'm in. All these issues are irrelevant because faith doesn't come out of my soul. All of that is of the soul and of the body. And so, listen, this really helped me a lot. When I got this revelation, because sometimes you don't feel good. You feel discouraged. You feel alone. You feel beaten up. Sometimes you're physically going through something, and you're in pain, and your body is not, not working right with you, and, or your emotions are just not where they need to be. You know, I'm I'm not confessing it. I'm just saying sometimes you wake up, you feel blue. You don't know why. Sometimes it's demonic. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's something your body is and it's affecting your mind. Sometimes, you know, you just like another gray day. Like, does the sun exist in this country? You know, other times you just, you just, you're in traffic. And then you're just like, what is my life about? Like, all I do is sit in traffic. Like, is this my life? Just traffic? And you know, and, and you, I'm just, just being honest with you. There's different days where you're just rejoicing in the traffic. And then there's other days where you're just, you don't feel that great. Yeah. See, you know, you're not used to people being honest with you. My job is not to lie from this pulpit. My job is to help you with daily experience. And the facts are, some days are hard. Oh, yeah. We're not just a, run, run, run. Some days are darn hard. As Randy Greer would say, doggone hard. Jesus himself said every day has got enough evil for itself. You don't need the evil of tomorrow. Just handle the evil of today. There's enough demons for today. That's what he was saying. You don't always feel like a Superman. Your body doesn't always respond like that. Your mind doesn't always, your emotions. But because faith is not of the soul or of the body it does not originate from there it does not matter how blue how low how sick how tormented how weak how depressed it does not matter how i feel that has it is irrelevant to the issue of me using my faith amen when i saw that revelation years ago it changed my life and i'm really meaning that because everybody has down days but if you realize it don't matter how you feel today, leading of the spirit has got nothing to do with what you're going through. Because it doesn't come out of your soul, it comes out of your spirit. Faith has got nothing to do with how you feel. Even when you're racked with symptoms, don't let that bother you. It's not of the soul. It affects the soul, but it's not of the soul. It comes out of your spirit. So it don't matter how I feel faith comes out of the place that is never touched by ill feelings faith comes out of my inner man faith comes out of my holy of holies faith comes from the place that is sealed by the blood of Jesus where there are no demons and there are no blue days so don't matter how blue I feel I can always use faith I can always be led I can always worship because worship comes out of my spirit not my soul if you get that revelation, it don't matter what you're going through, you will learn to exercise faith in the midst of when all hell is breaking loose. You will learn to be led by the Spirit when all hell is breaking loose. You will learn to study the Word and get revelation when everything is going wrong. Because In the presence of mine enemies, thou preparest a table before me. I can eat of the word when there's demons all around. Why? Because the revelation comes out of my spirit, not how I feel in my soul. And some of the greatest revelations I've ever got are in days where I feel pretty low. Some of the greatest prayer times I've ever had came out of a day where I felt low, but I just stayed in my spirit and I broke through. Why? Sometimes I wonder Did I even feel low to begin with? Because when I went to bed, I felt great. And I've realized something. The devil has some measure of foresight... And I think he sometimes knows what's about to happen. He knows that breakthrough in prayer that you're going to have, that revelation from the word that's going to change your life, that answer from God that's going to clarify that problem. He knows, and so he works on you while you sleep so that when you wake up, there's that, there's that atmosphere of feeling like, I don't know, what's going on here? Because he's trying to get you to stay in the soul realm with how you feel. Because if you stay there, he'll abort that thing that was about to happen. That's an answer. But if, so when you wake up like that, rejoice. And go, there's probably something about to happen today. Because he's trying to stop it. He's trying to get me to stay depressed and to feel bad and to feel blue. But you know what? It's probably because he knows something's going to happen. So I'm going to ignore all those feelings and just live out of here. And when you do, I'm telling you, many times I've had the greatest breakthroughs on days where that started feeling the worst. Because it's got nothing to do with how I feel. Faith is of the spirit. Leading is of the spirit. Joy is of the spirit, not of the soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been so I can't get off this, and then I'll close. I'll finish my notes next week. But I've been so sad. At times I feel so overwhelmed, and I'll just go in the I'll go in the shower. I'll go in my prayer closet. I'll go drive, and I'll just mush. I'll just start praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I'll just start praising and praying in the Spirit and then quoting Scripture. Praising, praying in the Spirit, quoting Scripture. And I'll just get into that flow. And out of, out of my inner man, not my mind, because my mind do not feel very good. And my emotions feel even worse. But out of my inner man comes this bubbling of ha 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 ha, shakati ishte kopahahaha. Ha 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 ha, See, that's my spirit laughing. My mind don't want to laugh at all. My mind has nothing funny. I don't actually feel very good. I feel the atmosphere heavy. I feel the heavens like brass. I feel like there's demons all around. And don't tell me you don't feel that because a lot of us do. Not every day, but some days. But my spirit man can start to rejoice. My spirit man can start to laugh. And I just give expression to what's coming out of here. Because joy is not how I feel. It's out of my spirit. Peace is not how I feel. It's out of my spirit. The fruits of the spirit are not how I feel. They're out of here. The leadings and faith and revelation comes out of here. Worship comes out of here. That, Hagen would say, it don't matter how tormented you feel, how dark it seems, or how many symptoms are banging on you, you can always use your faith because faith comes out of a place the devil can't touch. Faith comes out of a place the devil don't live in. The blueness can't get to that place. There's nothing in that place but victory in the presence of God. When I realized that, it changed my life. Hallelujah. Even when you're feeling confused, even when the devil is beating on your mind, Dad Hagen said, even when symptoms are screaming at you, you can still have faith because faith is not from there. Amen. Faith is from the spirit man and you can be strong despite how you feel. Amen. Hallelujah. Even when you're buffeted, you can be strong. Yes, which means, I'm talking about faith, but but bleeding comes out. You can, even when you're buffeted, you can still be led. Yes, sir just slow down. Stop having the pace, this high-pitched pace, this frenzied pace. It would be better to wake up earlier. I'm being very practical, but this is spiritual. It'd be better to wake up earlier. Have more time. Have, be more calm. Drive calm. Talk to your spouse calm and not be in a frenzy all the time. You'll find you'll hear more from your spirit in that place of peace because your mind is not as moving, moving so fast. But I want you to know you can be led, and I'm talking specifically faith as well, no matter how you feel, no matter how buffeted you are. Yes, sir. <laughs> so really, it doesn't matter what the weather is like, does it? Amen. It doesn't matter if we feel like we woke up on the wrong side of the tracks. Amen. It doesn't matter if we wake up and it feels dark, spiritually dark. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Amen. I can live out of my spirit in the presence of mine enemies. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies. Pastor Nancy said, she said it many times, but she said it to me privately when I was asked whether. She said, the mark of a true spiritual man is absolute peace in the midst of turmoil. When the devil's banging on you, but you are unaffected by it. You are unaffected by it. You are not disturbed by his presence. You're not disturbed by his thoughts and the hammering and the buffeting. You're undisturbed. You're quiet. You're at peace even in the midst of that attack. That's a true spiritual man. Because why? If you are disturbed, you're in your soul. Because you're living out of your spirit and you're guarding your mind. You're guarding your thoughts. You will not think what I don't permit you to think, mind. I will not permit my own fleshly thoughts to operate. And I won't permit the devil's thoughts. And I won't permit the world's thoughts. You will think what I tell you to think. You hear me, you mind. You see, you guard that thought process. You don't let things into your thought mental arena. And you stay out of your spirit. That's a true spiritual person. No matter what's going on, you're undisturbed. You're eating at the table in the presence of demons that are gnashing to kill you. And you just look at them and take another bite. And you just look at them and go, ha, ha, ha. At destruction and famine, they shall laugh. That's what the word says in Job. You look at destruction coming. You look at famine. You look at lack. You look at torment. And you go, ha, 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 ha. Not because I'm laughing because I, I think it's funny. My spirit goes, ha, 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 ha. Yes. My spirit says, I know who I am in Christ. I know the authority I have in that name. You cannot and will not touch me or my family. Amen. I can laugh at you because I beat you already. Jesus whipped you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to manifest that in my own life. That's it. You can't laugh. That's why people that you all distracted with COVID and freaking out? Because you're not living out of your spirit. I'm serious. There's, no matter what we're facing or will face, there has to be a place of the spirit. There has to be a place living out of the spirit. There has to be a place living out of the spirit. You have to live out of the, out of the inward, hidden room. You got to learn that, my brother and sister. You got to guard that thought. Guard that mind. What a great revelation when I realized that not every thought that I think, I will permit myself to think. I always thought it was the devil's thoughts or people trying to put thoughts in my mind. But I thought, well, whatever I come up with, obviously that's me. I have to think that. And one day Pastor Nancy looked at me and she shook her head. And she said, oh, Pastor. I hate it when she does that. (laughs) And I said, what? She said, just because you think it don't mean you need to think it. In other words, just because your flesh wants to think about something. not coming out of your spirit, coming out of your soul. Your unrenewed soul. The part that's not washed with the word. Just because it puts a thought in your mind does not mean you have to think that. You can tell yourself. Your spirit can rise up and tell yourself, shut up. I will not think that thought. I will think what the word says. Yes. When I realized that my, my own thoughts were my own enemy. Yes. Yes, I, Pastor, you don't got to think your thoughts. Just because they're your thoughts don't mean you have to think your thoughts. You can say no to your thoughts. Yes. That was like, That's I can? I know I have to look so stupid. And Pastor Jay's at the table and he's, just, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> and Pastor Noel's at the table and he's just like, oh my God like we're dealing with some remedial student here this was in Russia I got so mad at them I said just get out of here if you don't just leave me alone I'm getting revelation from my pastor I don't have to think what my what I what my what my thoughts are don't mean I have to think them. my thought meaning soul thoughts but things coming out of my spirit that's what I'm going to think on until my soul gets renewed. Yeah. Then when your soul gets, your mind gets renewed, your soul is washed, then those thoughts are okay. But I'm talking about the flesh part of your soul. Yeah, yeah. It'll try to put thoughts in you all the time. You look ugly, you, you, you know, you're a failure. Yeah. You're never gonna get that promotion. You're never gonna find that mate. Right. You're never gonna get into that new house that you want. Yeah. You're never gonna lose weight. Look how ugly you are when you look at, no, that can be the devil, but that can also be your unrenewed mind talking to you. You got to learn to guard your thoughts and not and not even let them in. No, no, no. And you got to talk out loud. Yeah. Listen to your spirit. Praise God. There's been a few nuggets. Hope it helped you. We'll get a little to a little bit more next week. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.